Welcome to Smith Weekly Discussions, an occasional program for our members of Smith Weekly Research. Please note this program is a private discussion and everything contained herein is for entertainment and educational purposes only. With that, we hope you're in a comfortable position, along with your favorite beverage, to enjoy the discussion. We remind our audience to examine our show notes attached to each of our shows to better understand how our program functions. Before we get into our discussion, we want to say thanks for questions coming from our audience at Smith Weekly, including Sean M., Nick W., and Andy J. Tony Retta has returned to the program today. Tony is the president and CEO of Tectonic Metals, an Alaskan-focused gold exploration company advancing a number of projects, including the Tibbs Project, which is close by to Northern Star's operating Pogo Mine. The company is listed on the Toronto Venture Exchange under the symbol TECT and also on the US OTC markets under the symbol TETOF. Tony, thanks for coming back to chat. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me again, Andrew. Absolutely, Tony. It's a pleasure. Uh, let's get your thoughts on the market conditions here, uh, maybe just specific to the junior natural resource sector or broadly. Pretty tough environment for a lot of issuers out there. What are your thoughts on the market and how long do these current conditions last? Oh, well, give me a sec while I look into my crystal ball and let's see what I come up with. <laughs> to put it quite bluntly and honestly, it's ugly. You know, it's uh, it's it's not it's not pleasant times out there for a lot of the junior mining companies or even investors in in the broader markets. You know, we have the broader markets uh, sort of correcting or collapsing. Pick whatever descriptor you like, and that just you know is an anchor on us juniors or us uh, resource stocks as well. So um, you know, you're kind of swimming upstream and on on that front. But with that being said there there is you know gold that's you know holding strong and you know gold is a preservation of wealth and the the upside i think for the resource space is quite positive there is a you know a shift to going back to homegrown and that when i say homegrown that means sourcing your you know your commodities your resources here in north america for us you know canadians or americans and the major mining companies are doing the exact same on their operational front. Um, there's a, a flight to safety, uh, a flight to keeping things local. And I think that bodes well for, for us junior mining companies. You know, the supply demand side also for, you know, the, the gold mining companies. You know, every day of production is that many ounces off of your books. And again, they're, you know, whether it's in the gold space or in the, you know, battery metals, critical metal space, people are recognizing that, you know, these tier one deposits or these mines don't fall out of the sky. We have to go back to exploration. So it, it is a, a slower shift, but nonetheless, it is a, a recognition by many people, many companies and many, uh, you know, billionaire investors out there that are saying, okay, Let's let's go back to exploration and try to find these things. So I, you know, the long term outlook is is positive. We have to endure a bit of pain here, and I do think there is a, a you know some you know a, a ray of sunshine on the horizon here. We just have to get through this you know next couple months of this uh, uncertainty. But I'm definitely you know remain positive that uh, there is a brighter future ahead of us, led by the gold price, led by the shift to stay homegrown. And also the recognition that we need to replace these ounces that are being mined and consumed, whether on the EV front or just even on the gold front, 
um, you know, we, we have, we have to keep exploring. We have to keep finding these. Absolutely agreed, Tony. It'll be interesting to see how the next, uh, six to 12 months really play out here and seeing how the deleveraging comes off here in the broad market and seeing how commodities continue to do natural resource sector, uh, changes in price, uh, response to inflation, uh, changes and cost escalations that we've seen out there. Uh, well, last we had you on the program, it was December, 2021. What has been happening at Tectonic Metals and what progress has been made over, say, the last six months since we spoke? Yes. So we finally received all our assays from last year's program. So those have been released and out to the public market. We found high-grade gold at, um, at our TIPS project. And, uh, you know, in addition to finding gold, we've now taken last year's data, not just the drill results. You know, that's what the market sees or you know, we put that out in a news release, but there's a lot of, you know, fundamental work that goes, that happens behind the scenes that goes to generating, you know, next year's programs and next year's drill targets. To that point, you know, some of our other projects, we relogged all the historical core, we've digitized it, put it into 3D modeling. We've played around with a different soil geochemistry. We've noted, you know, different lithologies, you know, what the preferential host rocks is, looked at our geophysicist, geophysical data. Um, we've also brought in a, a structural geologist as well. And last year's drill results, all of that work I mentioned um, that was happening on the sidelines has led to what I believe to be some of the best drill targets we've generated um, in the company's history. And that excitement that I have has also been shared by our some of our largest shareholders you know, Crestcat, who's advised by Quinton Henning, being one of them, our native partner in Alaska. So their excitement, our excitement has led to us to pull the trigger on a, on a financing that will allow us to go and drill these exciting targets. And that is kicking off. The first drill program is kicking off in two weeks. Maybe just talk a little bit here on the current financing here that you guys are doing. Uh, this has got Doyen involved. Um, I understand Crestcat was involved on the prior yeah. financing. Uh, talk about what the capital structure looks like pro forma and how far do you see this getting the company, you know, if you guys had to stretch and market conditions are pretty poor, how far does it get it? And then what does things look like pro forma here? Uh, you know, to that point, Crestcat or Native Partner, they've all increased their ownership in our company on this round. So Crestcat's actually, you know, the lead on this financing. Uh, we closed the first tranche bringing in roughly 2 million out of the 3 million and the proceeds from the $3 million uh, financing is going to allow us to execute two drill programs targeting brand new, um, newly interpreted high grade controlling structures at our TIVs and that's also at our 70 mile project. We're going to also launch our first exploration program on our flat project, which is our latest acquisition near near the 45 million ounce Donlin Gold project owned and operated by Barrick and Nova Gold. We're also going to be doing uh, a metallurgical program at flat, which we will believe will will generate um, some positive news and highlight and further highlight, I should say, the potential for free milling gold on that property. So this financing will give us uh, our shareholders a lot of exposure to multiple opportunities to create value for our company. 
where are we at on shares outstanding here? Mm -hmm. And then also, can you speak to, as much as you can say, I mean, obviously we know Doyen and uh, Crestcat is in there, but can you speak to the major shareholders at this point post this financing? Yes. Okay. So the, the major shareholders of the company starting with that point post financing will be Doyon. And for those that don't, you know, once again, our Alaska native regional corporation that has, you know, been supporting us for the, the last couple of years here. And also um, the entity that we've acquired a lot of our projects from, we have Crestcat, we have Gold 2000. We also have McKenzie Investments, RCF, and last but not least, the Tectonic team sitting at uh, roughly 14% ownership in our company on a partially diluted basis, it's, it's much higher. <clears throat> and collectively, those entities, we own 64% of the total shares outstanding. And currently we're at about 190 million shares outstanding. Um, Post-financing will just will be roughly 200 to 10, and um, you know 64% of that is held in very strong hands. And you know even if you backed out the funds, and let's just say that Native Corporation and Tectonic, you know, are, are those two entities hold 30%. So you know the, the shares outstanding is one element, but I would also you know encourage everyone to look at you know who owns those shares and what's their agenda. You know Tectonic's agenda. Uh, Doyon, the Native Partners agenda. We're here to find a mine. We're not here to flip stock or you know trade and make you know 10, 20 cents on on our paper. You know we're here long term. So those shares, you know, in essence, will will not see the light of day. And I will also highlight the insider buying that's been transpiring uh, or taking place in the market as of the last like two to three weeks. We've all recognized that we're at very low levels due to overall market conditions, not due to anything Tectonic has done. You know, from our perspective, we've only bettered or bettered the fundamentals behind the company. So that's our pro forma, the shares outstanding. And then I mentioned earlier the use of the proceeds. It's, it's always good to see you guys writing some checks and continue mm -hmm. to write these checks as the conditions continue to be bad um, out there. And, and we'll see what happens. And of course, uh, you know, some of those company specific drivers that might take place here. But come back to the TIBS project for a moment. Speak to what you want to accomplish with these funds that are coming in. What will be the focus at this point? Um, talk about how this is starting to shape up at TIBS in terms of, you know, deposit characteristics here. And what do you see as the focus here? And what would you like to complete at TIBS? Let's just call it till the end of the year. Our focus at TIBS is, you know, we've, we've done um, a lot of drilling. Um, well, when I say a lot, let me, let me quantify that. We've done about, you know, uh, 20 to 30 holes across, you know, let's, let's say six to seven mineralized zones. <clears throat> and there's one in particular that has caught our eye for this year's campaign. And that's our Michigan zone. It's got 275 meters of drilled mineralized strike down to 250 meters. <clears throat> Although we were having success with the drill bit, such as six grams over 29 meters, 19 grams over five. Well, those are great drill intercepts. Last year's campaign where we did oriented diamond drilling, that's where you orient your core to get the, the exact structural orientation of which way the, the veins are, are dipping or striking. And that work in conjunction with uh, a structural geologist, in conjunction with our geophysicists, we've now identified that there could be potentially 
a new orientation um, hosting the high-grade mineralization. And this, you know, I'm calling it a new orientation because we're not sure if it is a structure or not, but this could be a controlling structure. And that, what that, you know, in layman's terms mean, means that it's the primary conduit for the high-grade mineralization. And that will get drill tested this year, you know, assuming completion of the financing, 3 million plus, and that could be potentially game changing because when I say high grade, you know, Tibbs, sorry, Michigan has seen, you know, probably about, you know, 20 drill holes. And when we take the cutoff for the gold mineralization up to 10 grams per ton to highlight this new, um, this new controlling structure, we have now over a dozen gold drill intercepts ranging from at minimum 10 grams, so that's the lowest, and as high as 104 grams per ton, and then sitting in this new plane or this new structure. <clears throat> so we wanna drill test that to figure out, okay, well, A, is this that controlling structure that we believe it to be? And, and just, you know, what is the width and just how robust is it? And this is, this is something that's never been drilled in this manner before. And so that, that's the outlay at our TIBS project. But what's kicking off here in two weeks is our 70 mile project, which is a project that we've been grooming for about three years now, doing all the fundamental work to get to a point now where we've identified similar to TIBS or Michigan, a brand new controlling structure or shear zone, because it's a greenstone belt that is feeding the tension veins carrying up to 185 grams per ton in drilling. So this new structure is going to get tested when we're also going to be following up on some pretty exciting uh, historical drill intercepts, such as five grams per ton over 15. So that, that's a bit of the phrase of the program and the targets uh, on the drilling front this year. That sounds good, Tony. Well, let's see what happens with these and uh, hopefully some good results uh, come out here and gets a little bit of uh, interest around the stock here. How about you covered 70 mile here? We talked about TIBS, but come back to flat for a moment because yeah. this is kind of a, this is definitely a newer project that you guys have been able to peel off. And it also seems to be a project that might have some pretty good potential attached to it. What's the plan at flat here? Any updates and are there any plans to do anything here on the ground before the end of the year? Yeah, no, well, 100% we're doing work there. Um, we've already started some of that work, uh, which is, uh, you know, more in-house, if you will. So just to recap, Flats, our, our latest uh, acquisition, it is situated in the same mineral belt as the 45 million ounce Dolan gold deposit. And what's exciting about this project, it's been sitting dormant for 25 years, sitting with our native corporation. It has been worked in the late 80s by Fairbanks Gold, which was, uh, created and funded by uh, international billionaire Robert Friedland. And also, you know, Placer Dome did one year worth of work there, and then a, a private junior exploration company did a couple years of work. And that ended probably mid-1990s. And then if you recall, 1997, Briex happened, you know, the stock market collapsed, the Vancouver Stock Exchange, that is, that stock market collapsed. So this project kind of got left um, basically on a shelf. And what they left behind was a massive golden soil anomaly. We're talking four kilometers, you know, tenors north of 200 parts per billion. And they also left behind uh, trenches and that were undrilled. So six grams 
per ton gold over 27 meters is one trench that has not been drill tested. And they left also behind 50 drill holes where pretty much every drill hole intersected golden rhization, ranging from a gram per ton all the way up to 200 grams per ton. Um, some of the best intercepts, drill intercepts to report it from that property was, you know, 12 grams per ton gold over 24 meters. So there's some high grade gold, there's some lower grade gold. And our approach to this project, given that there has been 50 uh, drill holes done already, is to start with metallurgy. Thankfully, our native partner has stored all of the historical drill core in a warehouse. So it hasn't been rotten and rotting in the field. And we've taken that core, we've relogged it, again, digitized all the data, you know, spent some serious time trying to understand what's what's transpiring there, transpiring there. And we you know we're looking at this project as we do with all our projects from a mining perspective. And I want to know answers as quickly as possible. I don't want to drill 20,000 meters and then find out, you know, it's not economic or it doesn't work. So one of the biggest killers to a project, um, economic killers that is, is metallurgy. And Dolan, as we all know, is, is refractory. So this is not Donlin, it's different. It's in the fourth richest placer mining jurisdiction in Alaska. So there's a lot of placer gold that's been produced and that highlights the potential that it could be free milling. But we also have two historical metallurgical tests that state anywhere from you know 82 to 89% gold recovery. So given that there's the core, we have some historical network in hand, we are going to start with metallurgy because I believe if we can further demonstrate that this project's free milling, we then get uh, to contextualize what every ounce discovered means or you know, how significant is it. And that will also give us a, a 10x return on our, on our capital. So a very nominal amount to de-risk this project significantly. In addition to that, we are going to get into the field, first boots on the ground, mapping, prospecting, uh, exploration campaign in 20 plus years. And anytime you get to walk up to trenches or soil anomalies, or even where a drill collar is situated that's carrying, you know, six grams, 200 grams per ton gold, that to me is exciting. There's a clear visibility that this is a multi-million ounce system. And there's not too many opportunities where you can acquire something. And in less than a year or two years, providing that the stars align, that's metallurgy, capital, you know, we have, we, we, we see, we can delineate our, our first ever resource estimate in a very limited time frame. So although, although markets such as the one we are in right now suck, they do leave behind a lot of opportunity where companies like us can acquire things um, and, you know, sort of take advantage of what our previous explorers did um, and we can use today's technology, uh, modern thinking to advance assets such as flat. So th this is extremely an exciting opportunity. Again, in our first world jurisdiction near, you know, near what I believe to actually, and not just my, my words, but the largest undeveloped open pit gold resource in the world. You know, this is Barrick and Nova Gold are spending $60 million at Donlin this year. And to have, you know, just to be situated, you know, within say a football throw of that property, you know, a very strong football throw is, uh, is pretty awesome. And, you know, again, we have opportunities at flat that would suggest even a free, like a free million opportunity, but something that could potentially be a standalone. 
regardless of what happens at dawn. Pretty interesting project and would like to see uh, continued work here as you guys can. And obviously, like you said, you have to have all the stars aligned here. And one of those is uh, capital, which is a big piece of that. So maybe let's just look a little further out. Let's assume that the market conditions are, are much better either later this year, Tony, or next year. Again, for our, some of our new audience and any changes to strategy, but cover off what the overall strategy would be for this company, you know, going out a couple of years and where you'd like to see it end up. Yeah, well, I, we can just, you know, that that's something we do quite often, actually, you look three years out and try to reverse engineer, you know, the path forward. And obviously with the twists and turns and being tied to the capital markets, you, you always, you're always pivoting, always, always. But, you know, this year, you know, worst case scenario, you know, we have, we, we, you know, we, we, you mentioned even interest, you know, I would say that there's a lot of interest um, in our, in our company. The fact that we've raised $2 million um, already in this market, you know, just coming back from the PDAC convention, people of my fellow peers have, have there, a lot of them are struggling to raise, you know, 200 or $500,000. So the fact that we have strong shareholders coming in and we've raised $2 million in what appears to be the worst markets in say 2008 is, is phenomenal. And, you know, we also have interest from, you know, other, you know, mining companies and other potential partners. So, you know, drill program at 70 mile, you know, I can never guarantee and nor should anyone sort of guarantee what the results, you know, um, are going to be. Mother nature's is proven over, time time over again that you can't you can't predict her you know she will humble you always but you know so we put our best foot forward and we're walking up to again like these targets that are manifesting 180 grams per ton in drilling so i do you know feel confident anytime we pull the trigger to dilute the company we want to make sure it's going to a cause that can you know generate 10x at minimum and i believe 70 mile has those characteristics so that's that's part one of what's going to transpire this year. We talked about the metallurgy at flat. We do that. We are doing that. I should say we are doing that. And again, that will allow us to either advance it ourselves or potentially bring in a partner at a much more higher valuation. And then, you know, what I, where I see with Tibbs as well as, you know, uh, potentially more discovery there, more high grade gold last year, we, we, we drilled 104 grams per ton gold. You know the the market you know kind of yawned at that but that's you know that's significant that's sign that there's there's something quite ro robust there um our, our end game is to find a mine so you know all these projects when we acquire them they have a three-year plan and they have you know we we outline tangible real deliverables each and every year so this year when we acquired flat for example using that as, as, as an example was okay de-risk this with metallurgy you know then either raise capital ourselves or find a partner and go and drill the first ever resource estimate next year or the, you know it, i mean that's a pretty ambitious plan and obviously like i say capital line, but that would be you know a year two or continue to test the targets such as the trenches that i mentioned some of these other targets are flat that have yet to be drill tested that would be year two year three could be the the resource estimate so you kind of see where we're going with these projects we want to kill them as quickly as possible or and, and advance them as quickly as possible. But, you know, at the end of the day, you you have to take dilution if you want to work your properties. And the only way you're going to find something is via drilling. So these are all great opportunities where we're we're starting right off right off the hop with scale, 
with grade, first world jurisdiction, shareholder mm -hmm. alignment with the local, um, with our indigenous or native partner. And, you know, that's the kind of like projects we like to generate. We want to see visibility for a mining opportunity. And, you know, I don't want to find a half million ounces. I want to find five to 10 million ounce, ounces. So we, you know, we play big. And, you know, that's kind of like, you know, I can essentially see next year, for example, either partners working our projects or Tectonic continuing to advance them um, all with exciting drill follow up campaigns and then resource estimates to to follow. If we do, if we elect to go that route, sometimes resource estimate estimations are not not necessarily advantageous because, you know, they can be heavily dilutive and they sometimes just tell you what you already know. So, you know, my opinion too, I want to focus on, you know, drill, you know, making new discoveries and defining the limits of a mineralized system before I start getting into the, the granular drilling of, of the project. You know, in addition to all the projects we have, every year we have, you know, a, a few opportunities that crystallize and turn into new projects. And FLAT was the example last year. And, you know, we have a few ideas uh, also in the hopper, you know, we've got to keep the pipeline uh fresh and active because if your objective is to kill or advance a project you know there's a 50 percent chance these things are falling off the table as they should be you don't want to be spending time and money on something that it doesn't have visibility for a mining opportunity so that's kind of the flavor for the next you know the, the next uh three years here um, for our projects and our company very well tony i appreciate you going over that strategy and for potential investors who are listening in, Tectonic stands at about 10 million Canadian market cap. What would you say to those who are listening about the opportunity at this point with the company? Well, we're, what I would say is that we're right now, you know, uh, sitting at a valuation that is below founder cost level. It's, you know, this is, this is us, you know, could say unprecedented in the company's histories. And the fundamentals behind the company have only gotten better. We've actually found gold on all our projects. We've added flat. If you look at last year versus this year, we've added our flat project, which I believe could flow to higher market cap just on, it, on its own. Um, we have shareholder support from sophisticated resource funds that, you know, these, when I say resource funds, they're actually advised by geologists or engineers essentially technical people evaluating the merits of our targets or the merits of our projects. And you will get exposure to uh, two drill programs, a metallurgical and a surface program. And I don't know too many companies at the $10 million market cap valuation that are offering all of that. Um, so there, there is, you know, if you want to create value, you can, you know, sit on your hands and just wait for the markets to improve, wait for gold price to go up or you can actually go do something. And so, yes, we have it, you know, the benefit of all what I said previously, but we also have the benefit of us trying to alter our destiny and actually, you know, continue to find gold. Yes, that comes at a, at a cost, dilution. You know, the, a lot of people think dilution is, is, you know, a very bad word, but it's a necessity. <laughs> you can't create value unless you're, unless you're spending money inherently in some way, shape or form. So I would tell all existing shareholders and potential investors to, you know, sit tight management and the tectonic team is buying in the open market. We believe in our company and, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to create some, um, some wins here and probably, you know, as what I said earlier, one of the, you know, probably the worst markets 
since 08. And in my investing career, my best returns have always been when I had the fortitude to step out, step up and buy when things were at an all time lows or things were perceived to be quite dire. And um, I'll never forget 08. Uh, that was uh, one of those moments where uh, thankfully I, I did uh, have some capital and I deployed it in probably about 10 junior resource companies and I had the best returns I've ever had in my entire life. Um, but, you know, that takes fortitude. It's not an easy thing to do, but that's where, you know, real upside, I think, is, is generated. Absolutely agreed with that last point, Tony, and it certainly takes some capital to be around and the ability to make those actions. How about the best way for investors to contact Tectonic? Info at tectonicmetals.com is, um, you know, our, our inbox line. Uh, that's that's a great way to to connect with us. And also, you know, our social media sites, we're active on LinkedIn. Myself, personally, Tony Retta, uh, that's R-E-D-A-T-O-N-Y. And then also our Tectonic Metals LinkedIn page, where you see what we're, what we're up to. And uh, we encourage, encourage everyone either to join those social media sites or also just, you know, join our, our email list and you get exposure on, on again, what we're up to and, and useful and the things of that nature. So that's the, the, the two best ways to stay in touch with us. Well, Tony, we appreciate the update. Thanks for taking the time and good luck going forward here with Tectonic. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.